Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, grab your quarters and head to your local arcade. We, the World Warriors, are throwing hands with M. Bison and his nefarious Shadalow. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to our 69th episode nice. of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by RevengeTheFans.com. And tonight we continue our up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA select flop series with Street Fighter. Not the Van Damme movie, which is charming and has its quirks for sure. It's the really terrible money. one, The Legend of Chun-Li. And Raul Julia. This oh, yeah. is uh, not a movie I would have left my quarter on the dash of the arcade cabinet to get next dibs on. Yeah, that's reasonable. That's uh, yeah, it's probably back somewhere near the uh, Area 51 sequel and... Uh, Street Fighter 3, frankly. What was the Aerosmith game? I put it along that cabinet. Revolution oh, X. Oh, the Aerosmith game was. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> where the bullets were CDs? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The bombs were CDs. That. Bullets were bullets. But yes. Uh, uh, the 90s were a lawless time. They, they were. Along with me on this martial arts misadventure are Captain Cash. Tatsumati Sinpukyaku! And M. Bison's invisible umbrella, Chumzilla. Spinning bird kick! He walks Just, through the raindrops. Yeah. He walks through the raindrops. That he does. So The Legend oh. of Chun-Li is currently streaming on Stars. If you don't have Stars, you'll have to pay $3.99 to rent it. After you listen to this, that may uh, we may dissuade you from losing that $4.05. Ladies and gentlemen, we watch the bad movies so you don't have to. And in this case, you really don't have to. Yeah, particularly if you like Street Fighter, it's sort of an affront to the senses. So I don't know that, like, this movie is 100% Batman Begins, but it's Chun-Li. So it's trying this gritty reboot with a material that just doesn't warrant it literally the whole thing with street fighter 2 is the colorful characters and they're like what if we did that but gritty and dark and realistic it uh yeah uh it it certainly has characters with names of people from the game i would not say they uh appear anything like them (laughs) especially in bison yeah, I'll just especially in Bison. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add that <clears throat> after doing the Super Mario Brothers movie, and obviously the biggest complaint there being it wasn't Mario enough. Uh, this does even less with the source material. It's like painfully not a Street Fighter movie for the most part, and it doesn't look. There's nothing to the look or the style that says, "Oh yeah, Street Fighter." It's like. Uh, the names it's like literally the names and there's some fighting there's some martial arts in it um, most of it uh fairly ho-hum because i'm going to talk about it later but this is yeah. a woefully miscast movie but we're going to get there 
That's so, a part of it. To Chumpzilla's point, he's exactly right, but this movie doesn't have the same excuse that Super Mario Brothers had, where there was no plot. Street Fighter, to the point that this was released in 2009, had like 15 different games, all with complex stories that were like rewritten several times over. So they've got really no excuse for how out of left field so much of this is. Yeah, and I'd argue that most of it's pretty straightforward of narrative stuff, too. It's nothing too crazy. It's all stuff you could do on screen, yeah. even with a modest budget. Well, no, Street Fighter gets hopelessly convoluted, but at its base, it's people engaging in a fighting tournament against a dictator who's trying to take control of the world. You can do that. Now, it gets really silly. Bruce Lee fucking did that. Yeah, I mean... Van Damme did it. I mean, we've seen it done. Yes. Yeah. With uh, these characters. So tonight, <laughs> better. <laughs> uh, we're drinking Singtao, which come from China's uh, Singtao Brewery. It's the second largest brewery in the country. Uh, it's a well-hopped standard pale lager with a 4.7 AVB. It is their flagship beer, and it accounts for the majority of their production. If you're familiar with Chinese beer at all, you've probably heard of Singtao. Uh, it is in a clear bottle and it's far a clear green bottle and as far as I can tell it uh it is also itself clear. This might be a Zima. Wow. Interesting. All right, so cheers to that. Yeah, uh, I'll drink to that. We're gonna push how many beers are required to watch this movie until we get through the plot. But this beer, which we also rank now on a scale of one to three movies, being how many movies are you willing to sit through? while drinking it i'd put this at around a one and a half for myself uh it's not my favorite this beer. tastes like natty light yeah it's it's chinese bud light um i think i'm the resident china expert on the pod That's i don't fair. Yeah. i don't believe either of you two have visited uh, china um so i can say that i have had many a Tsingtao in china mostly in shanghai and guangzhou and uh it's a, it's a light beer. It's good on a hot day. Um, the further you get from Shanghai, good luck finding one that's actually cold. Um, that can be a challenge, uh, depending on where you're at. But uh, I agree with the Thunderous Wizard. It's about a movie and a half beer. It's not terrible. It'd be okay after, you know, mow, mowing the grass on a hot July day. It'd be okay, but it's not great. Get, am I going to get banned from TikTok if I say this sucks? Uh, we're all getting Maybe. banned from TikTok, but that's because we're Oh, yeah, old. that's a good point. I guess it doesn't matter. And if you're over the age of 35, TikTok won't allow you in. It's a thing. At least uh, fair it's... enough. Um, I would sit through one movie if I had as many of these as I could drink, but I like. I feel like I'm going to have to drink like seven or eight of these before I start to feel anything. Okay. That's just because you're dead inside. True. That's true. Yeah. That's not wrong. Um, that's a different problem. So let's, anyway. uh, let's get to this movie. Uh, the Legend of Chun-Li stars Kristen Crook of Smallville fame as Chun-Li. She is one of the people I feel is miscast pretty horribly. Uh, Chris American Pie Klein, or Simply Dusty, is there any other kind, who owns this fucking movie in every way imaginable as Charlie <laughs> Nash. Neil... I'm always the asshole, McDonough, and literally I said that on the last pod and I'm saying it now because he is almost always the asshole in every movie. The only time he wasn't, he was still the most asshole of Captain America's team. 
Yes, uh, he is M. Bison. Not that you would know it because he's just a guy in a cheap suit. Michael the Slam and Salmon Clark Duncan as Balrog, who, poor Which, guy, really had nothing to work with here. Yeah, but I mean, he's wildly well cast, yes, if anything. Yeah. You need to be the big, angry boxing dude, though. You really don't get a sense of what anyone's fighting style is, with the exception <laughs> of maybe Chun-Li and Gen. Maybe, yeah. yeah barely a hint of it. Um, I think they missed out on an opportunity there to give him like MMA gloves. Yeah, just and still have to be a brawler, but yeah, he didn't have to be a straight up boxer. But you could have given him more of a gimmick to make it clear that he's one of the you know the key bad dudes, not just being ginormous, which also kind of works, but sort of not the thing in the game. But anyway, yeah. whereas the Van Damme movie goes like over the top with its like, oh look, here's the red and uh, white gi. Here's uh, uh, M Bison in his ridiculous ro- uh, suit and cape. This movie just Hawaii says, you know, none of these characters have personalities. They're all going to look as plain as humanly possible. Uh, Charlie, I don't believe, ever throws a punch in the movie. No, no, that which I think is really weird because he's supposed to be part of the game, right? But oh, they, yeah. don't, they don't use him as a in-universe game character. He's just generic cop. Yes, and uh, he's actually one of the characters with the most history with M. Bison, which they basically just eschew in this movie, and he's just after him. Like, theoretically, M. Bison would have killed Charlie, or at least attempted to kill Charlie. But no, this movie has to be as basically devoid of character context as humanly possible, (laughs) except for M. Bison, which we'll get to. You've got uh, Robin Mortal Kombat Shao as Gen. Of course, he was Liu Kang. Moon, I'm in the worst Terminator, Bloodgood, as some detective who I don't care. Let, no, no, no. Uh-oh. Let's stop there. This actress's name is Moon Bloodgood. They didn't even have to change her name. They should, Moon, come on in. Uh, do this as you as you would do you. Her name is a fucking Street Fighter character. Yeah, Bloodgood is a better detective name than Suni. And then yeah. you have... No. Uh, wait. No, wait no, a minute. The character she's based on is Cyber, or was it Crimson Viper from Street Fighter yeah. 4? Which, of course. But, uh, again, you, you cast her, she's a name, she's recognizable, she, she can act. Why didn't they make her, like, a character that we'd recognize? Like, at least we got Kylie Minogue as Cammy in the uh, Van Damme Street Fighter. I mean, it wasn't a big role, but they made her look like the character from the game. You recognized it. Yeah, it's one of those movies where they decided to get the license and then did nothing with it. And then lastly, you have Taboo. Yep, just one name. He's from the Black Eyed Peas. He is Vega. Uh, Also miscast. 2009 was a big year. 2009 was a big year for the Black Eyed Peas acting careers between this and Will I Am in the Wolverine movie. Way to go, guys. Yes, yeah. Ugh, ugh. It was directed by Andrzej Bartkowiak. I'm that I butchered that name. Uh, he's been a cinematographer on a lot of high-profile movies, Falling Down and Speed, to name a couple. He's probably best known for directing a series of DMX movies, Cradle to the Grave, Romeo Must Die, and Exit Wounds. Uh, so now, now you understand the sort of the action you're going to get from this movie if you've seen those three movies. He was the cinematographer on Species. Lethal Weapon 4, and Dante's Peak. Yeah, 
He's, Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, yeah, he's been involved in some high-profile uh, projects. This awesome. movie did not help his directing career. He didn't nope. direct another movie for almost a decade. Yeah, he did, though, direct 2005's Doom. Yeah, that I probably feel like that's a mark in his favor. That probably didn't I'm just help saying, either, yeah. This movie would have benefited from some rock and or Carl Urban action. I think those two uh, things would have been an improvement. Listen, he, okay, okay, okay. Hang on. The Rock plays who? Balrog, or you sub him out for Zangief, and then Carl Urban definitely. Car- oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept The Rock as Saget, and Carl Urban gets switched out as Nash. No, I'm here for that. I, I can't. I'm not going to do that. No. Sagata's a highly skilled Muay Thai fighter. The Rock can barely move at this point. You need a real fighter to play Sagat. In fact, in a movie like this, you should always hire real fighters, and that's the friggin' problem with this movie, because none yeah. of them can fight. That that really is. Like I feel like when I was watching this movie, I was Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. You do plan on having fights in your Street Fighter movie, right? Yeah. So one of the compliments I guess I've seen about this movie is that they avoided going the shaky cam route for the fights. Yeah, and horse shit. Instead, they did a bunch of quick cuts. It's, There's not a cut it's that lasts longer cut, than yeah. half a second. Yeah, and oh. I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I'll give some credit there. They tried to do it a more traditional, you know, fight scene route. But all it does is expose how bad the fighters are, how slow the choreography is, even with the quick cuts, and the janky wire work. Like, they probably should have done the shaky cam thing and called it good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the things I read about the movie was that Kristen Crook was not adept at doing stunts, and she also wasn't very good at martial arts, so that created a lot of problems in her fight scenes because, one, she didn't know how to take a fall, and some of the stunt people they hired didn't know how to take a fall, and it was kind of a mess. Yeah, Anyways. She doesn't appear to be very athletic. I'm not going to lie. There's some heavy stunt doubling seems... that's very obvious. Yeah. Like, this is John Travolta with the black stunt double in from Paris with Love, obvious. <laughs> it's like, you know, on the one hand, you hire the actress to be able to emote. That's what she's there for. But in a movie that is this physical, I feel like you re- like. The way this works is you hire someone who's been a stunt person for the last 10 years and has shown an aptitude for acting and then put them at the front. I hate to beat the dead horse here some more, but you look at Van Damme's early career. It was his physicality that really made the roles work. He worked on his acting. He worked on his delivery. You know, he he was a face. Don't get me wrong. He's not a bad looking dude. But, you know, his English and his delivery wasn't the strongest. But boy, he could do the action stuff, no problem. And that's what yep. those movies were about. Those weren't meant to be dramas with a bunch of serious dialogue. They had a lead that looked the part and could fight, and it worked. Yes. This movie has zero of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly Vega's supposed to be like the bad boy on the block in this movie, aside from Bison, who also, spoiler alert, can't fight. Uh, and Vega and her fight is it's so bad uh, it's, and it's, sh- it's over short. So quickly. It ends yes. incredibly quickly. He doesn't die, but then never shows up for the rest of the movie. And he's just gone. And this is the guy who basically, we're going to get to the plot in just a second, is introduced by chopping off the heads of like five to ten people. 
Like he's built up as this terrible, scary thing, and he's in the movie for five minutes, and then it's over. Yeah, and it's like, hmm, not successful. I've got issues with his uh, Jason X mask and his obvious Wolverine cosplay prop for his claw. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, he just he put in a call to Will I Am, like, hey, while you're on the set of X-Men Origins Wolverine, just grab me one of those claws. Yeah, we're, yep. we're going to get to it. And so before we dive in, right, this is the second American big screen adaptation of the beloved Capcom arcade fighter. Uh, somehow, against all odds, and a green mutant Blanca, it is the worst of the two. It also made Peanuts in comparison to Van Damme's version, uh, released in February of 2009. Not a great sign because this was still the territory when you were a February or January release was basically you being sent out to die. And it grossed under 13 million on a budget of 18 million, although I've seen it as high as 50 million. I don't think it really matters. The movie flopped. Uh, for comparison, the 94 film made 99.4 million, and the animated movie, which was released only in Japan, made 16 million. So, I'm pretty sure I got my hands on a copy of that at Blockbuster. Well, yeah, but it Just was not released, released theatrically. Theatrically, yeah. only in Japan. Ah, and enough. it made $16 million in Japan. Uh, wow. It sits at 5% on Rotten Tomatoes with 62 reviews. Uh, fans, 18%. I agree. I love Street Fighter. This is not a good representation of the Street Fighter property. Now, how would you two describe this film in one sentence? We'll start with you. Chumzilla. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun. Quick, somebody hit him, hit him with the Hadouken, wake him up. Yeah, this movie is just boring. Painfully I, boring. I already did mine, but it was Batman Begins, but Chun-Li instead. And shitty. This is certainly, <laughs> uh, it is the Street Fighter origin story nobody ever asked for well i mean and it's funny because undeniably chun li is one of the most popular characters she has the clearest backstory with the most you know kind of straightforward motivation she's out for revenge for her father yep and still they managed to fuck that up and, and the funny thing is that's the only bit of backstory about street fighter that i know I know that M. Bison killed her dad and she wants revenge. I think that's like from like one of her loading screens or something in the game, or maybe it's a post fight dialogue. I don't know, but I remember that. And, but the problem is that premise is like, that's like 15 minutes worth of screen time. You know, it's like you killed my father, not prepared to die. It's actually the movie peaks in the opening scene when her father is fighting because it's like, oh, this guy knows, this guy knows martial arts. Yeah. (laughs) This is pretty good. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I did almost no research for this, but I did come across a pretty good quote from film historian Leonard Malton. He said, the 1994 movie was one of the worst films ever inspired by a video game. It should have been titled 400 Funerals and No Sex. Yet this bomb makes its predecessor seem like Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Uh, Yeah. Well, what I can say about that Leonard Malton quote is he's not wrong at all. Uh, The actual description of this movie, according to IMDb, when a teenager, Chun-Li witnesses the kidnapping of her father by a wealthy crime lord, M. Bison, and then this is straight from IMDb, because the first sentence started with when, 
Then it goes, when she grows up, she goes out into a quest for vengeance and becomes the famous crime fighter of the Street Fighter universe. So two straight sentences that start with when. Come on, IMDb. This is well, like... Also, <laughs> that second sentence, that's not true at all. That's not... Uh, a famous crime fighter? I, I mean... This is, it's absurd. Crime... It's a, it's a, she's basically like Death Wish. She's, it's an absurd... She's Charles Bronson. Absurd no, so it, in... in... <laughs> The Street Fighter lore, she's a part of Interpol. So at very least, she is canonically some kind of crime fighter. Let's get into the actual plot, or lack thereof. Uh, I've got some questions sprinkled throughout. Of course, you're always welcome to voice your concerns, and there should be many. Uh, this one will be a little bit short, because there's not a whole lot to this movie. I disagree. Th this doesn't lack for plot, it's just that none of the plot makes sense. Oh no, it gets quite stupid. So as the uh, IMDb description described, as a young girl, Chun-Li witnesses the kidnapping of her father by a mysterious and inexplicably Irish gangster by the name of M. Bison. <laughs> I'm sad to say this is where the movie peaks. We will talk about that later. First and foremost, why is M. Bison Irish? Feel free to chime in, either of you. <laughs> I feel like they needed to give M. Bison some other characteristic other than shouting, Psycho Crusher! Uh, and they landed on uh, Irish. So here you go. And they decided to cast an American guy? <laughs> well, I mean, he clearly had to some studied at the Val Kilmer School of Accents. Oh, no, this one is worse because he actually tries to do it throughout the movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's consistent. Bad. It's there. No, it's a thing. No, it's not. No, it's not. It comes and it goes. It's awful. It my my bigger question is Mr. Not Wizard, that. what's your what's your take here? It comes I, and goes. It it does come and go at points, but when it's there, it is it is very distracting and not a good way. My bigger question is not why is M. Bison Irish? It's why do we get twenty minutes of Chun Li learning to play piano so that she can become a concert pianist? When that has zero bearing on the rest of the plot. Yeah, they like, should have just stuck with the training stuff. Yeah, like you get the scenes where her dad is teaching her kung fu or whatever. And I get why that's in there because she grows up to be a martial artist. Okay, fine. But what does the concert pianist have to do with anything other than it puts her in Hong Kong for some reason? And also, M. Bison is going to kidnap Chun Li's father because he's got business connections. And that's going to be the thing that helps him control things. Like, you, you can't just kidnap somebody and go, oh, and by the way, this very famous businessman with all the connections uh, works for me now. Just for reference, he's kidnapped because apparently he has Facebook and thus the ability to find out who has a family. That's the sole purpose for M. Bison imprisoning him is to dig up dirt on his rivals. It's, like, it's called Google. Well, I, yeah, what I assumed was here that M. Bison was really just trying to get control of uh, Chung Lee's father's LinkedIn account. That's what he was really yeah, after. That's basically what happened. It's like, and like, give me your Outlook contacts. <laughs> I'm going to take your Rolodex, but also you. And like, and the crazy thing to me is that this happens, I guess, what, 10 years before the main events of the film? So Chung Lee's father is kept kidnapped this entire time why there is no why in this movie uh yeah and to your I, point though captain cash about the concert pianist bit 
that's clearly part of the Batman Begins angle. They're trying to make her more complex, a, a fuller character. You know, she's not just a revenge-fueled martial artist. She's also a musician. But Isn't like, that so quaint? The movie makes so much more sense if M. Bison immediately kills her father and then she's sent on this revenge quest at a younger age. I don't know why they opted not to do that. Yeah, a la the Huntress. Yeah, something. She easily could have become the Ryu for this purpose of this film, where she's a wandering vagabond on a quest for vengeance the whole time, like from the point her father's kidnapped and on. But that is not what happens, and all the other dumb shit happens. Anyways, right, her father trains her in martial arts as a youngster. She continues those pursuits amongst a bunch of other stuff and the concert piano stuff. Um, and During this, her mother is uh, dying of cancer. It is after her mother dies that she decides to embark on this quest for revenge. She's going to find the man that took her father from her. I think, so, one, I appreciated that they made Chun-Li's mom a white woman because that helps explain why Chun-Li is not very obviously fully Asian in this movie because, you know, it, it, it keeps it from being completely whitewashy. It's still a little whitewashy. But well, she's she's half Chinese. She does have she's Chinese Korean, ancestry, but oh, you're right. uh, from what I is. understand, the makeup people did their damnedest to try and make her look more Chinese, as if that's not offensive. It's, yeah, it just uh, ended up making her look more like Jared Kushner, kind of dewy and like <laughs> Uncanny Valley-ish. Street yeah, Fighter, the Legend of the Slumlord. Actually, he would have but, been a Bison in this scenario. But yes, yes, he would have. But I say all that in the makeup scene where Chun-Li's mother is dying of cancer, they've clearly hired an actress who is just basically the same age as Kristen. What, what, how do I pronounce her last name? Crook. Like the guy yeah. that robs the cookies from the yeah, cereal. Yeah, okay, good. A crook. She is literally the same age as Kristen Crook. Like, they, they did the bare minimum to, like, paint on some lines on her face, but that's it. And I'm just, just like, I'm looking at it going, really? You couldn't hire, like, someone in their 40s for this? You really went with another 22-year-old? Okay. Yeah. It, we can just refer to her as Laura Lang for the rest of the pod. Yeah. It was a bold move. So Bison, you know, off in his world, he's uh decides he's going to murder the all the other heads of the mob to, to consolidate his power in Shadalau. And I'm going to say it like that because that's exactly how Chris Klein says it in the movie. And that takes you right out of the experience. So he's able to make such a bold play because, as we said, Chun-Li's father is really adept at Googling people. And he's uh, living in a prison. <laughs> Hold up. Chris Klein mispronouncing Shadow Lou as Shadow Lau is what took you out of the movie? Not the <laughs> shitty CGI fireball. Shadow Lau. That comes later, up. though. Uh, I have a question about Chris Klein because he is my favorite part of the movie. Um, the only reason I watched portions of this movie multiple times is because of him. Uh, so, yes, Chun-Li's dad is imprisoned. He basically forces him to gather intel in exchange for pictures and videos of his beloved daughter. I'm getting a little sidetracked here. So what does he have Vega do? We mentioned earlier, he cuts off the heads of all the other gangsters and then leaves them on a table in like a staged fashion at a dock. Enter Charlie Nash. 
the one-liner machine who drives the silliness and the sole bit of entertainment this movie provides. Now back to Chun-Li, who begins her quest for bison by consulting a woman about a scroll that was left in her locker. Uh, she's looking for the Order of the Web, who are apparently just people who have been to prison. She uh, must... You mean the League of Shadows? Yeah. She must, <laughs> she must go to Bangkok and become one with the pulse of the people. And so her answer is just to be homeless in Bangkok. Just wander around, you know. And, and you see here, Captain Cash, that's where this movie goes from being Batman Begins for me and goes right into Man of Steel. It's like, now we get Hobo Chun-Li. Oh, Hobo Chun-Li. He's not want that. a hobo in Man of Steel. He's a person wandering around doing good. She is sort of similar, so maybe they did take inspiration. Yes. Yeah. Jules, Jules, you know what you call that? It's called being a hobo, Jules. But, you <laughs> know, walk the earth. Superman is Superman. Chun-Li in this movie is a 95-pound girl who comes from a very wealthy family who goes and becomes homeless in one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Now, now Okay, now we're back, back to Batman Begins. Yes, okay. yes. we've come full circle. Uh, I'm not sure why this was a solid strategy. I think there was better ways to become one with the people. I don't know, like getting a job. But living on the streets of Running Bangkok for public office. in this slum, not so great. But it does work. I think, so I think she was just doing it for the gram. Uh, like there are times, man, when they do this thing where it's like, I see injustice all around me. And Kristen Crook makes this like angry face as somebody gets shook down for money. And it's it is really not good or believable. <laughs> right. Like, she kind of turns into Spider Man for a little bit, like, hey, I'm a friendly neighborhood Spider Man. I'm gonna order of the web. Of course she is. It yeah. is Spider Man. Now uh Ugh. I don't really watch Smallville, so I'm not that familiar with her work because she hasn't done that much outside of that. This. Well, you make a movie like Chun Li, but she yeah, does, that's what'll happen. She struggles, I think, with the the moments of the film that require her to emote, like whether she's really sad or really angry, or she doesn't have a lot of range. Yeah, I think she tried to play everything with like a steely reserve, and it just yes. kind of comes off like unintentionally. Yeah, like I, I feel like there's a grimace, a stronger choice that could have been made for this movie. Well, I would just say again, I think her physicality is a big negative because she does come off as a very slight person. Her build is very slender, not all that athletic. She doesn't look all that comfortable doing the athletic stuff. Um, oh, and, and the stuff that's nuts is you could make the 95 pound woman beating up dudes work. I mean, they well, do in the Marvel movies with Black Widow. You yeah. just need to have that physicality, which isn't there. Uh, yeah, I don't think she has it. I mean, Scar Joe some credit here. She, she seems to, to do that stuff relatively well. They do a fair amount of stunt doubling with her, I'm pretty sure, though. But oh, still, they do, yeah. But, but still. Um, but yeah, I think the other big problem with that is, obviously, it doesn't look like the character either. It, like, it's, mm. it's not all on her. Like, I hate I hate to get hung up on the physical part of it, but, but the character's got a distinct look and a build. She doesn't have that. She's uh, one issue in a larger whole of issues. Like well, when she fights bad casting in M. Bison, and M. Bison's big hook is that he can punch people like 30 feet across the room. At that point, the suspension of disbelief is pretty much gone because he can't throw a punch. 
So why am I to believe he's going to punch somebody? Oh, also his fists growl like tigers. Yeah. His fists don't growl. His presence alone <laughs> growled like yeah. tigers. Whenever M. Bison is on the screen or immediately before he shows up, you hear a yeah, roll. It's, some real, nowhere. it's some real sex panther stuff. It is. And <laughs> it, it's nuts because he's and Bison's not even the character that's associated with tigers out of the Street Fighter mythos. That's Sagat, which they thankfully left out of this movie because Sagat is more of Ryu's thing. But like, why even include that? It was Sorry. a weird, it was good a question. weird sound mixing decision. This is no Ghost in the Darkness. I say no Oscar for sound mixing. Nope. No, No, sir. Yeah, it'd be hard-pressed to get one. Uh, But we are a little sidetracked, because she does find Gen, Robin Shao, and he furthers her training, instructing her in the art of poor CGI fireball throwing, of which there's plenty. Which is nuts, because in the games, Gen doesn't fucking throw a fireball. He's also old, and Robin Shao's clearly jacked still. He looks great. Yeah, uh, except for his hairpiece. This is hairpiece the worst is not hairpiece. Great wig. Yeah, no. That is the worst wig we've seen. Uh, John Travolta, you're lucky because I didn't think anybody was going to beat some of your stuff, but this one, it's bad. It, it, it looks like a bad wig. It's like, why? I mean, just why? This is wig that, I, I is even... Anthony Perkins at the end of Psycho bad. It looks like a mop. He's just got a mop on his head yeah, tied back. Like, like a, but, you know, like, like it, that it, was supposed to look bad in Psycho. This is just like a, a woman's wig glued to his head it's like it's like hey just give me that aunt may wig and uh we're gonna go with that like it's yeah. clearly meant since, to invoke up the, the wuja like style of like that you see in crouching tiger hidden dragon where it's as though they've shaved the, the top part of their head except for whatever reason they opted not to do that so he's got this really strange ring of hair right around his scalp i, I don't know yeah it's a mop he's got a mop on his head either it's way guy looks like a million bucks so oh yeah he, yeah he he, he actually appears like someone that could fight. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, they don't really capitalize on that. Anyways, as this progresses, we also discover that Bison's evil plot, gentrification. I mean, it worked for Kingpin. I don't see why it wouldn't work for Bison. I mean, and again, how many of these movies have we done where the bad guy is just an evil real estate agent, effectively? Like, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. Yep. So I, Lex uh... Luthor... Right. A lot of, there's a lot of tropes in this movie. It's not the script is not well written. It's just a bunch of no. cliches strung together with with a coat of super or Street Fighter paint over the top of it. Which brings me to my largest takeaway. Because then there's more training stuff, anger, distorting judgment, fighting with passion. Bison's too good for all that noise. And what I took away from this is that Robin Shaw deserved better, much much better. Yeah, he's probably the best part of this movie, I think. Well, I think between him and Chris Klein, you've got the two folks that know exactly what kind of movie they're in. Yeah. M- Michael Clark Duncan handled yeah. that pretty good, too. Although it's not a great performance, but I think he was having fun with it. He's been so yes. good in so many other things that he's a, a woefully underwritten character in this movie. So he doesn't even get a chance to show that he is he's just a plot mover he's yeah. there simply uh, he's, to move the plot he plays yeah, it he, very cartoony though like it's it's not like it's too over the top it's just a slightly too like goofy tone he never yeah. seems he never feels truly menacing he just seems kind of like a big kid having fun it's a lot of maniacal laughing yeah. and and 
But of the two Balrogs, he's the he's the much closer to the video game Balrog than Chun Li's uh, news cameraman in Ninety Four yes. Street Fighter. So at least you get the sense that oh, this is Balrog. Wait, I thought he was DJ. No, he yeah, was he Balrog. Was DJ. No, he was not. DJ works for Bison, and then he steals all the Bison dollars at the end of the movie. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I get those guys confused. Which is weird, because you would have done it the other way, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I just, in my head can, it is the other way, but uh, Mr. Wizard's right. I watched this the other night. I love that movie. I understand it's terrible, but I get a lot of laughs out of it. it you know what? That movie is very watchable. It really so, is. here's one of the big sticking points for me in this movie. So Chun-Li gets impatient, so she decides she's going to go investigate M. Bison via an internet cafe. And this is where we come to realize that she's able to find out more about M. Bison at an internet cafe than super agent Charlie Nash is over years' worths of investigations, who's tracked him through 11 cities and four continents. So here's my answer to that. One, it's genetic. If Chumney's father is able to do that, which she just naturally is able to like connect the dots. Two, it drives me fucking insane that Charlie Nash utters the words, I've chased him through several continents and blah, blah, blah. When the entire time Bison is billed as being headquartered in Bangkok, Thailand. Like, what? You've chased him. He's been here the whole Whoa. fucking time. No, they allude to him returning. He'd been he, around. He'd, He'd been somewhere else. He has returned to, you know, uh, enact his final plan here. Yeah, he. His master uh, plan. Yeah, I believe there was a spell where he and the jeweler were on tour with Riverdance, the jeweler from the nine, the nineties Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Not the Mole Fantastic Man. Four. Yeah, not Mole Man. He was part of the Chieftains. He was a guitarist. So yeah, he was around. I've seen him in concert. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the ridiculous plot. Bison sends his goons into the slums to force out the uh, the people, and then, like a true dick, drives through it, <laughs> drives through the town, doing the awful accent the entire way. Just no, drives the car through the protest slowly, Just like very classy. slowly. Yeah, super classy. Now Nash, who tapped into a portion of their conversation, has begun to unravel their scheme. He follows Balrog. So does Chun Li. Uh, very they, poorly. Yep. Very poorly. He doesn't even make like Balrog gets into a car, gets out, and goes to a taxi. Yep. But the cops miss it because they're fucking making out. Yep. Uh, Which I mean, <laughs> given Moon Bloodgood, I, I I get it. There's so much odd sexual tension in this movie between those two, and it's not deserved. And they, it's very inorganic. Uh, we'll talk about well. That. This is a pre-2015 movie, so if we go back to Captain Cash's uh, theory here, they are Those male are the and a female co-leads, effectively, so... yeah, Those are the rules. They have to hook up. Had to happen. Yep. Yeah, uh, Fury Road's the only thing that broke it. Yeah, no, it's really... Well, and that's because those two movie. hated each other, too. That helps. <laughs> Listen, in my experience, that's not a, that doesn't necessarily stop sparks from happening. In fact, sometimes it's helpful. Well, there you go. Uh, Bison is expecting a package called the White Rose. Flash over to more training. Again, Robin Shout is her better. Chun-Li, Nash, and Detective Suni are going to track Bison's attache, who kind of a useless character. Uh, like, she comes out of nowhere. She's yes. in this scene. 
And the thing that's frustrating, it's they had a very easy choice, just make her Cammy. But she's invented for this scene, and then she's gone. Yep. Uh, so they track her to this club because she's got to get her dance on. Club um, insomnia. Weird dancing ensues. More odd sexual tension between Chun-Li and the attaché. If I may, this is the first time we get Chun-Li with the ox horns, the classic Chun-Li look. So at least they did that. But they still don't put her in a, one of those chong sum dresses, the kipao. Yeah, this was sort of my beef with the whole I'm going to be homeless in Bangkok angle is that she still has like endless change of clothes and other resources at her disposal. I know I shouldn't get mad about it, but... I mean, you know, just because she's homeless doesn't mean she doesn't have a debit card. It's just so stupid. Well, I, I think it's a hu- it's a humility thing, right? They're trying to make her seem like she humbled herself. I'm telling you, yeah, if, you, if but... you show up to Bangkok with a giant suitcase, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go live behind that stand over there. Somebody is stealing your suitcase. Like in any city. And honestly, it's not that expensive if you want to stay in a crappy hotel in Bangkok. You can get by pretty cheap there. Speaking of someone who stayed in a crappy hotel in Bangkok, yes, you can. Yeah, I, I mean, think I've it was been like to... 20 bucks a night. Yeah, I mean, I've been to really rural parts of China, and it, it's, I mean, you could scrape by on very little. It would not be difficult. And the food's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so we'd get an awkward dance scene with the attache, who is a woman, and Chun Li. Yeah, uh... And it's not clear if there's like a sexual tension there. I mean, there's what? There's supposed to be. Uh, but it doesn't work. And then they get into a bathroom fight, which, again, it's not great. Uh, it's not great. But it very much harkens back to, uh, what is it, the Bond movie, uh, Casino Royale, where you have the bathroom fight. Well, it's trying to, yeah, I, there's clearly inspiration there. Uh, Here's the thing. The guy directing this with that awful last name, He's done a lot of action movies as a cinematographer. Yes, but have you it, seen I, the movies he's directed? I have not seen the DMX movies with Jet Li. They're a lot like those. this. Like, you take okay. someone who's a fantastic martial artist in Jet Li, and you make something that's almost unwatchable. Well, okay, I mean, so, they're, so, so I've always assumed that those movies were schlock. But the reason people like them and they made whatever little bit of money they did is because the fight scenes were cool. Well, and DMX exactly. was at the height of his powers, and Jet Li it, was also a pretty big commodity. But Exit and Wounds Jet is, Li is a screen presence. Yeah. When Jet Li yeah. is on the screen, yeah. it's, it's entertaining to watch yeah. him. He's actually a semi-decent actor on top of being an excellent martial artist. But what you're saying, Mr. Wizard, those aren't really that great. for As a martial arts movie, as a fight movie, they're not really that good. No, you could watch a, a okay. number of Jet Li movies that are so much better and so much more well choreographed, but they are okay. Now, Exit Wounds okay. is legitimately terrible, but that's what happens when your dance partner is fat Steven Seagal, who shits his pants every third scene. So. <laughs> and, okay, and Romeo getting... must die, and that's not good either? No, they're not. these are not okay. great action I've movies. never seen them. I yeah. just always assumed they were okay fight They're wire-foo, but... but not good wire-foo. We're not, way okay. off so, course here. We got to get going. But, but what you're saying though is this is par for the course. Then this is yes, exactly what you expect out of this guy. Okay. Here's the part in this fight scene that drives me insane. They burn the spinning bird kick with no setup, and it looks terrible. So super bad. Uh, assuming you you've played Street Fighter and you enjoy the Street Fighter games, Chun Li has two moves that are her signature moves. 
the lightning kicks and the spinning bird kick. And the spinning bird kick is where she flips upside down and she does like a helicopter kick. And it's it's amazing. And here it's rendered as a shitty break dance. It and it does the sort of distorted camera thing where yeah. the shot is hazy. I don't know what you'd call that effect, but it it just doesn't come across as like being the the signature moment of the movie at all. No, it doesn't thing, feel like, heavy or weighty at all. It's like, and hey, it's, here's a thing I can do. It's directly tied to a necklace her father has given her where yeah. there's a bird on it that spins around and it looks like the bird is flying. So they clearly built this up to be a thing and it happens and it looks so terrible and it's just in a random fight in the middle of the movie and I don't know why you put this in here. There's a very natural place that this goes that we'll talk to about later, but yep. I just... It was so frustrating. Yeah, we we, we got to keep moving here. I'm yeah, sorry, we're so bogging down, Mister Wizard. I she does that to uh, the attaché's bodyguards. I'm not even sure if the attaché yeah. had a why, name. Why is she an attaché? Why is she a gun mall? I don't know. This is I, this I, is uh, literally what they call her in the movie. Bison's attaché because Captain Cash introduced gun mall to our lexicon a couple uh, pods back. So, in anyway. addition to Chun Li ruining this lady's night out, Nash barges in. Chun Li takes off. We cut to Bison beating the hell out of a woman. Yo, no. So before that, Chun-Li jumps off the roof and, and Charlie Nash and, and Cyber Viper, Crimson Viper, look at each other like, who was that? Yeah. It's the most Batman begins. And then you're absolutely right. It cuts to Bison wailing on a thing that you think might be a, a boxing or what do you call it, a heavy bag. And it pulls out, and it's a, a human woman. It's her, yeah. And it's like, yeah, and oh, like, he is so evil. But it's like, no, it's just more off-putting stuff here. I get like he's going to fight Chun-Li in the end, but she's tied up, and he's just beating the shit out of her. Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. And it's Don't like, even know why you have your subordinate uh, Balrog do this? I mean, not that I want to see it anyways, but... Yeah, that seems like a really weird use of... Uh basically domestic violence for character development kind of thing now post beatdown of the attache this is when we get the pretty much fully unnecessary backstory of m bison he apparently has mystical powers and he received them by murdering his pregnant wife and then transferring his humanity to his newly born baby that he ripped out of his pregnant wife's stomach <laughs> two things yep. no that's that's entirely what happens. And you're, you're given that in explicit detail. It's not. There's no reading between lines. It's not inferred or hinted at. No, they straight up give it to you. He, he, like, he does an impromptu C-section in a cave. Two things. What the actual fuck? And why was Baby Bison, the son of Irish immigrants, Asian? <sighs> uh, I, I mean... It's not a good movie. It's, uh, yeah. That seems like... NTK. Come yeah. on. Like, you couldn't... <laughs> like, and you know, why Why does M. Bison, who has grown up in Thailand, presumably raised in Thailand, speak English with an Irish accent? Yep. Be, because nope. his parents are Irish. None of it, none of it adds up. Uh, it's, it's not good. It's ridiculous. And then we also get, like, a scene it's of genetic. a... It's genetic. ...of a younger bison... Uh, and this guy Stealing had fish. this guy had Stealing one scene. Fish. He had one scene to be a competent actor, and he fails miserably. He's like Gollum hoarding the ring. 
It's like beyond description. Like Again, they continue to give you like, hey, look, here's a scene of Bison doing evil things. Look how evil he is. I'm like, yeah, okay, we get it. He's the bad guy. It's M fucking Bison. I've played the game. Yeah. Thanks. It, they would have been like, better served to just not say a, a word about it. Like, I don't get why he, the demonstration of his evil as a, as a youth is I'm going to steal a basket of fish. Like, he, he steals, like, he robs a bank or he knocks over, like, you would steal money. You would not steal a basket full of fish. Like, what? what is that? Also, being devoid of humanity is not exactly what I would consider a superpower. So. Yeah, why is that? Like, his superpower... Well, it, 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 don't I give it too much credit. It's not being devoid of humanity. He's just got no conscience. Yeah. So he, 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 so he doesn't feel bad for doing bad things. Great, so he's a sociopath. I didn't realize that was a superpower. Yeah. So, I thought uh, that was mental illness. But anyway... Back over to Chen Li. Gen sends her for groceries because he knows that Bison's men are coming to kill him. Again, Robin Shao, you deserve better. He beats up some guys not nearly long enough, then Balrog blows up his dojo, prompting Chen Li to finally go after Bison. She, of course, fails because, what? There's another 25 minutes in this thing. Say, can't, can't do it too soon. And I'm going to be tormented for all of them. Uh, he kills her father. Uh, this is where we realize that Bison has oddly small hands. <laughs> like, it's it's so weird. Like, they bring out the dad. They let them see each other. And then Bison kills the dad in front of Chun-Li. And, like, the emotional impact of this is completely... Wa- like, that should have happened an hour ago. Yeah. Again, I feel like they thought they were being clever. Like, hey, you'll never see this coming. And you're right. I didn't because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it wasn't shocking. It's just like, oh, you mean the guy that uh, murdered his pregnant wife via, you know, backyard C-section? Yeah. Yeah. And and beats women already. And I just saw him mug an old man for fish. Oh, yeah. He would totally kill somebody. Not not shocked at all. Like there's no plot reason or big emotional payoff to have that murder then you're absolutely 110 percent correct captain cash that needed to happen earlier in the movie if it was going to happen at all but here is the thing i would have allowed for this death to let her have that moment with her father and then have it taken away from her if at this point they would have then inserted the spinning bird kick because as part of their plan to kill her they string her up and literally hang her upside down she's hung from a wire this is the perfect chance she gets to do the, you know, the physically impossible helicopter kick while she's upside down. And it's a direct reference to the necklace her father gave her that is the spinning bird. There's a theme there that all ties together. You had the opportunity and instead you had a shitty breakdance kick at a club. Yeah. Ah. No, I'll, I'll give it to you right there. If that's the moment that she snaps and goes like full, I spit on your grave. And just kicks everybody's ass, fights her way through Vega, fights her way through Balrog, gets to M. Bison, sort of like the game progression, and then kicks his ass. This movie is way better. Well, like that was probably the one moment they had to redeem this thing. If she had just turned into a total badass right there and finished the movie, going through it like a video game progression, yeah, with the moves. With the lightning kicks and the spinning bird kick, 
nah, I can take or leave the fireball. That would have no, probably the fireball's got to go. Uh, she's not. Yeah, I, said, I said take or leave. I said take or leave. You got to leave it. We'll, we'll now, get to where the fireball comes in. Yeah. But, she, but anyway, she moving on. Escapes. Now on. you have a point because you could have framed the shot in such a way that you see the spinning bird necklace as it hangs upside down. There's not really an artful shot like that anywhere to be, be found in this movie. Uh, she escapes because of the sheer ineptitude of Bison's men. Uh, she gets she does get shot in the arm, but then she's saved because street merchants throw cabbage at Balrog's head. My cabbages. <laughs> uh, that uh, that scene is so confusing. Instead of just finishing her off, he's like, "Hey, stop throwing cabbages at me." Vegetables. Yeah. My only weakness. Now, anybody uh, fans of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender out there? My cabbages. That guy. No, no I don't okay. have any idea what you're talking about. This movie is probably worse than that movie. What? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The fights are all bad. So Gen, who anyone with a pulse knew wasn't dead, returns. He heals Chun-Li because he has all sorts of mystical powers. Uh, other things happen. Nash is told they're off the case. And then he and Chun-Li somehow meet up because the scene where you see them meet up is cut out of the movie. And they decide to partner up. None of it makes any sense because they cut out the scene that leads to it. Uh, regardless, they're off to find the White Rose. It is at this point that time ceased to exist for me. I watched this like section of the movie three times. All of it was so forgettable and blended together that I'm not exactly sure if even what I'm saying is correct, but we'll just go on. Uh, Gen kills Balrog, and this is probably yep. the worst special effect in the movie. It's close because the fireball at the end is really bad. Well, no, so... It- so hang on, did, did we skip the part where Bison sends Vega after Chun-Li? Yep, no, yes. I'm done with it. It's, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, that like that's definitely a thing that happens in the movie, but it takes five minutes and then it's I, immediately I, over. I, I, told, well, I, I totally passed all, over it. All you have to say about that scene and any scene with Vega is what were they doing with his voice? They dubbed his voice with some kind of sound effect to make it deeper and what, it just sounds terrible. It's, it's, I, I can't I believe I forgot because to that put guy that could in not here. deliver his lines. So they had to do something, and 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 to save his pride, like, hey, taboo, don't worry, brother. Like, we're gonna add an effect to it to make it sound better, but really, was, they're having some other guy record it. That's because <laughs> it was good. That's pre her getting caught, right? Yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah. And they fight in an so, alleyway. That's before Gen gets blown up. Okay. Uh, so I think. And it, boy, oh my goodness, it is. It's probably yeah, the worst it's a bad fight movie. scene. They're after the White Rose. It's on a boat. It's yep. it's the, being delivered. So Gen and Charlie and Chun Li are all gonna yeah. go and yep. find Cammy and, and, so, and Guile. So Bison beats up Gen, and then he beats him up again. This time injuring him severely enough that Chun Li has to save him. Uh, there's a lot of the punching and animal noises here, yes. like probably too much. So when he snaps, just to flashback for a quick second, when he snaps Chung Lee's father's neck, you get a <laughs> like, okay. All Sex right, Panther. interesting yep. choice. Moving on. Yeah, so there's more of that. Uh, so they fight. It's, a, I mean, it's be, sort of beyond reason because he can punch people like 50 feet through the air, and yet she beats him like, rather easily throws one of the horrific looking fireballs and then straight up murders him. Okay. And not just murders him because we find out 
that the white rose is in fact Bison's daughter yes. into whom he's poured his consciousness. So and, his his good half. Yep. Yeah, his good half, more or less. Uh, and Chun Li murders Bison in front of his daughter. Right in front. Like, like how? Like that kind of makes you the bad guy, right? Like and, in a yeah, in and an I, arc. I now, think now, it defeats the whole point of her arc, which is about, you know, saving her father from this guy. And instead of like teaching him a lesson, like I'm better than you, she lands on his neck, snaps it in half, like all the way around like the exorcist. Yeah, so his completely one, 180, like, now, like he's a goddamn owl. His now dead face, dripping blood is just staring at his daughter who he's just met for the second time. Yeah, so, you know, I hear what you're saying, but since she's got, like, all the goodness of humanity in her, she's not going to hold a grudge. So Chun-Li knew that she could, you know, get her revenge and not have to worry about it being reciprocated because that daughter is, you know, she's of good spirit and true heart. So she'll have to forgive her. That's a real... Turn turn the other cheek. Um, Here is my treatment for this film. This is the way it should have ended, as opposed to the way it does, which is Chun-Li murders a dude. The way it ends is she lets M. Bison live. She gives him to Charlie. Charlie gets in a car with M. Bison, and Bison breaks free, murders Charlie. We've got Street Fighter 2. Because that's the whole thing. Charlie was always going to get killed, because Charlie getting killed is what brings guile into Street Fighter. And instead, they went with Chun-Li as a murderess. Okay. Either that or you could have had Charlie kill him because Charlie's the guy who's been tracking him and, and he makes yeah. the decision that she shouldn't have to make. Whatever. What, how it ends is she commits this pretty horrific murder. Then Charlie goes, get out of here. I never saw you. Even though there's like 40 people running up toward them. Including in Bison's daughter. Who right. have a vested interest in going, hey, no, no, no. There was a woman who killed my, my dad. And, and I want to be clear here because I don't think you guys have sold the M. Bison murder short by any stretch, but I think you need to beat this one to death. You get a straight up Mortal Kombat fatality in the Street Fighter movie. His like, head is backwards. She she drops onto his head from like 20 feet up and like snaps it between her feet. Well, you kind of like, ruined one of my question because it was whoa. how does a Street Fighter movie wind up with the gorier boss kill? Than the actual Mortal Kombat movie. Well, well, exactly, exactly. It's so out of character for the source material, and effectively, she beat the game before it even started. And Bison's already dead. Vega's dead. Bullrog's dead. And that's what kills the sequel tease. Uh, Sagat's the only guy that survives because, because he's not in it. The sequel tease is then like, oh, there's a tournament, and it's like, well, and Bison's dead. He's the boss. All yeah, the other yeah. bosses in Street Fighter are relatively stupid. And, who, and, and here, who do they tease? They tease again, another character at the end. Who do they tease? Here again is the Ryu. fucking Batman Ryu. Begins. It's Batman Begins. He turns over the card and it's the Joker. Instead, he gets a fucking scroll and, oh, find this fighter from Japan. I think his name is, and he says Ryu, like a jackass. Yeah. It's, but it's yeah. it's due. And you're just like, ugh, why? Yeah. Yep. Fine. And, and it's like the most generic looking little like Craigslist 
classified ad too. It's like, well, this seems like a real big operation. Yeah. My big question is how do you transition into like a more traditional street fighter film when this is the first one? You can't like then go, okay, now it's the tournament after you've had like this weird espionage movie that really has nothing to do with the source material or very loosely adapts it. Here's the thing. The source material and the story of Street Fighter is always kind of janky and they're constantly rewriting it. So I think so long as you keep Bison alive, you can still sort of figure it out. But they painted themselves into a corner immediately killing the big bad. I mean, maybe there's an answer where the white rose comes back and is actual Bison because it's Bison's goodness. But even then... It, I just I don't know how, you, yeah. how you that doesn't that doesn't hold any water. Yeah, it really uh, doesn't. Yeah, and but you know didn't matter because the movie didn't make any money, so <laughs> sequel went out the window. We had no shit. So our first question, of course, this is where we're going to insert. You know, how many beers do you think it takes to get through it? I'll just say, this is a five to six beer movie. I love Street Fighter. I think I've owned almost every incarnation of the game, including like crossover type stuff. I once bought an imported version of X-Men versus Street Fighter from Japan because you couldn't buy the game locally or the the version you could didn't have the tag mode. Like I love Street Fighter. I have a tattoo of Guile flash kicking Sagat on the inside of my right bicep. Uh, it's, yeah, five to six beers. It's just not any fun for the most part outside of Charlie who is hamming it up in the best ways possible. And knows exactly how bad the movie that he he's in is. He's a blast. Yeah, I'm just disappointed we didn't get a Chris Klein fight scene. That's kind of a yeah. He, he like, needed to throw a punch. Nobody just could fight this thing. He couldn't do something. Yeah, just have him beat up some goons in an alley or something. Didn't have to be a big deal. But like even as a, a third act reveal where Charlie throws a sonic boom because that's that's who this is. This is one of Guile's other buddies who has all of his powers. You know, third act sonic boom would have been like, oh yeah, shit, I, I can do stuff too. Would have been great. Yeah, that would have been cool. I, yeah. I'll give you that. That would have been a fun reveal. You're right. Instead, this movie he was not fun. That's rolls around the on the ground shooting a pistol. Yeah, that's probably the biggest sin this movie has is that it's just not fun. So how many beers? You think? Oh, for me, yeah. Chumpzilla gives us a five beer rating. Um, because if you drink six, you run the risk of falling asleep because it's kind of boring. So five is it's, probably the max. You're, yeah. you're playing with fire at five. It is a boring movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm on the same boat with you guys. This is a, a solid five beer movie. It's it's not the worst thing we've watched, uh, oh. but it's also very not good. Oh. So I, this is um, this is one of the hardest movies to watch for me. It really is. I put it right up there with Pluto Nash. Um, I know I, I know uh, the Mario Brothers movie is a bigger disappointment. And I think I need to maybe clarify my position here. The reason I think the Mario Brothers is the worst is because it's the biggest disappointment. Pluto Nash is the bigger financial flop. But the whole premise of that movie is stupid to begin with, so the expectations aren't that high. The problem with this movie is the property is a fun game. It's colorful. It's got great characters. And as you pointed out at the start of the pod, Captain Cash, 
at this point, there was like 15 games of history. It's it's a well understood property, and you've got you know the Van Damme movie uh, to compare it to. So they had an expectation to make this a fun, exciting, interesting movie, and this is none of those things. I made the joke earlier in our group chat. This movie appears as though it was shot on an iPhone through a filter called oatmeal. It is just a bland, boring movie. It's not even fun to look at. Yeah. So, I mean, again, five beers. Again, you can get through this. You can kind of make fun of it. And honestly, it is Chris Klein, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, and uh, who's Gan again? Robin Chow. Yeah. Robin Chow are really the ones who are are pulling this thing through. Yeah, they're trying. Moon Blood Good is is very very attractive. So that that also wins some points. Uh, yeah, they criminally underused her. They could have given her they more to do. Criminally underused everybody though. This movie's yeah. underwritten uh, and overplotted. Like it. The, yeah. The characters no, are yeah, all very good. Very point. bland. So I think we're all in the same boat. It's not a good movie. Uh, you know, you can watch it. If you like Street Fighter, though, you're just going to be mad, which is what I found myself for the most of it. Uh, now, let's get to some fun stuff, because briefly Woo-hoo! earlier, we mentioned the dad, Chun-Li's dad could fight. So we this might be a unanimous thing, but the best action scene of the film, Captain Cat. Yeah, uh, it is the very beginning where they go to kin- kidnap Chun-Li's dad, and there is a, a scene where he uses fire. There's a flaming chain. There's a lot of shit that happens really, really fast. There's none of the quick cutting that you see later. Like I, I knew going into watching this movie that this movie was not well received. So I kind of assumed part of that would be the shitty fight choreography. And in the first 15 minutes, I'm like, holy shit. No, actually, this is pretty okay. It was, you know, literally every subsequent fight scene that fucking sucked. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's that one. Which is weird. I looked it up. The guy who plays Chun-Li's father is not known as some particular, like, martial artist. He's a, he's a Singaporean actor. And mm, yeah. that's it. Like, I was like, I was sure this guy, they because, you know, in his later scenes... The father of Chun-Li does not act particularly well. And maybe some of that is because he's being forced to do it in, you know, in English, which may not be his first language. But still, you know, that initial fight scene is legitimately good. It delivered. I actually thought I was, we were in for a case of, oh, well, the movie probably sucks, but maybe there's some good, you know, action. Like, exactly. You know, like, oh, this maybe it'll be an enjoyable time. It'll be one of those bad movies that gets a pass because there's some good ass kicking that takes place. Nope. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's definitely a case of bait and switch because it starts strong and then it just goes. It's like a CD that puts the best single on as the first track. And you're like, yeah. oh, this fucking album is going to be awesome. And, and the rest, the rest of, of it sounds yeah. completely different. Yeah. yeah. No, see, I'll take it a different route. For old uh, Uncle Chumpzilla here, my favorite fight scene is definitely uh, Chun-Li and Vega's fight scene because <laughs> it's so bad. And at this point in the movie, you're like, I can't believe they're giving this to us. Like, this this should have been cool. 
on paper, this sounds awesome, but this version of the two characters, they basically can't punch their way out of a wet paper bag. And the scene is just so bad that it's entertaining. And actually, at that point, that's when I gave up all hope. I'm like, okay, I know exactly what kind of movie I'm watching now. Oh boy, this is going to be it, good. It, uh... And it became it gave, so bad it was funny. Like it, 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 it made me laugh, and that's why I give it credit. It all goes downhill from the moment <laughs> she becomes the center point for the action, because nothing yeah, hangs together. Yeah, she doesn't carry very well. Yeah. Like I'm a snob anyway. costume shit, but like the mask that they put on Vega is so yeah. oversized. Yep. It looks like a fucking predator mask, practically. It, it looks like it weighs a ton. So yeah, and you're like, it's like I, a Jason I, X mask, and he's got the giant Wolverine-looking claws. It's like yeah, I, I it, get it. They try to make it more extreme than the video game, you know, model, but it doesn't it makes really his head work. Look Twenty-five yeah. percent too large for his body. It's weird, and as you know, I, I said I just watched the Van Damme one. Which you can buy on Amazon right now for four ninety nine digital, and I strongly, strongly recommend you do that. Uh, and that Vega is so much better for all like the issues of that movie. That Vega looks dead on to the yes. Vega of the game. Yes, He's a and the props span. are good. Like they look super cheap. Why are they so comically thick? His mask and his blades. I, 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 the Wolverine thing, I think to Captain Cash's I, point. I don't get it. So, here's my favorite question. Best Chris Klein quote of the film. I have some options. Now, you can feel free to pose some other ones. Uh, his intro scene, he shows up. They've got all the heads of the uh, gang members. He says, yeah, Last Supper. And he serves them their own heads. As he's like walking away. This guy walks through the raindrops. That's he's describing Bison. <laughs> Come here. He then inexplicably makes out with the detective for far too long, then looks at her and goes, that had to be done. He makes out with the detective and loses his tail. He's trying to <laughs> chase after Balrog. Yes. Completely misses it because he's busy making out with Moonbloodgood, so, which I get it. Uh, I, get it. I mean, but I can't still, really fault him for that. You fucked I mean, up your job. You yeah. had a job. You fucked it up. So You had one job. After the fight at the club, he goes, yeah, an irate pole dancer, not happy with her tips, sets off Armageddon. Yep, that's the one. That one right there, officer. That's the quote. <laughs> my, listen, my favorite Chris Klein quote will always be, like warm apple pie. Well, he might have said that in this movie, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have forgotten it. He did not, but I there is a I have a seriously weird, dark part of my heart that just really enjoys the American Pie movies, so I'm willing to cut this dude a little slack. I love him in but, this movie. But if you have to like, if you had to pick a single one, it is definitely the irate pole dancer sets off Armageddon because it's just like. Like at the whole time he talks to Moon Bloodgood, you get the sense he is he is prepared to make out with her at any point. And then he does. Like randomly. And then he does. But of course, like we left out how he shows up to her apartment and there's gold handcuffs on her bed 
And then there's this weird interplay between them about how she's like a spicy lady. <laughs> 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 oh, it's it's just so bad. And they, and they have that weird line at the end when they return back to the cop shop. Yep. She's like, if you need company late at night, don't call me. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. right, because you're clearly not interested. So I, <laughs> I got to go with when he says, yeah, Last Supper, and he serves them their own heads, because that's his intro to the film. He rolls up, hard stares, like, beyond the camera, and says that line. And it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to bring it for the rest of the movie. He sets the bar pretty high, and he keeps delivering. Yeah, no, like every time he's on screen, I know it's going to be great. Listen, I he had a great time filming this movie, and he, there are times when that just fucking works. Like the whole reason Ocean's Eleven is fun to watch is you can tell everybody involved had a great time. Yeah, Chris Klein is definitely the only person on this film who's like, yeah, no, he's, he's having a good time. This is this yeah, a very good time. Uh, more presumptuous sequel teaser. This or Mario Brothers? Fuck oh, this. this, for sure. I, I would say Mario Brothers only because that cost way more, and they knew they had to make way more. Like, if this cost 18 in 20, 2009, and Mario Brothers yeah. cost... 40 in 1993 that's really like a 110 million dollar movie versus an 18 million dollar movie i think i think that's a strong point no but i think what you're kind of confusing here is that there were much higher hopes for the super mario brothers movie than this this was not going to be uh, a big movie even if it was good it was not going to be but street fighter 94 was a 100 million dollar movie Right and and this worldwide, right and but this was not even as ambitious as that. No, and that movie owns. By the way, four ninety nine right now. Yeah. Buy it. Oh. I did. <laughs> I've watched it's, it one and a half times. Yeah. Is and, and wait, not just, just paying us for that. Yeah. Just to be fair here, uh, that movie has not appeared on the pod because it is successful. It was wildly successful at the time. But financially so. I would love but, to talk about it because Van Damme was doing so much uh, sugar boogers, apparently, on the set of that movie. <laughs> yeah, he was a monster. <laughs> yeah. He was actually Blanca while they were filming that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Raul Julia soldiered through the whole thing, and he had stomach yeah, cancer. As he, as he was dying nuts. because his kids liked the game. Oh. Now, uh, now you've made me sad. Yeah. Last yeah. question before we take a break because... Uh, Chumpsell and I, way back when, used to play this game in Stadium, which was a college bar. And you could basically play for a quarter and play as long as you wanted to. But I've played this game virtually my whole gaming life. So, who was your go-to character in Street Fighter? Maybe who was your main? Changed. Yep, who was your main? My main was Blanca. Street Fighter 2, Blanca, 100% of the time. Give me, the, give, me, give me the scary ape man with the electric powers. Oh, oh. Yeah, Blanca. Yeah, right on. I, no, I was, I was a Chun Li guy. Yeah, because you like I, uh, I, this, this game breaking characters. Extra, huh? Yeah, no, I like spamming the jump kick and the lightning kicks. That yeah. was my thing. And I, I'll add, I enjoyed her throw. I thought her throw animation was one of the more interesting ones in the game. She kind of did like a little shoulder like charge and like chucked into the ground 
we glossed over this, but the climax of this movie is her throwing the fireball, which you couldn't even do in Street Fighter Two. Correct, and I, and I can tell you, hated that about. I can tell movie. you after that was introduced, I can count on one hand the number of times I threw that fireball in the match of Street Fighter. I never bothered with it. The whole reason she even got it was because, you know, in Street Fighter Two, Ken and anybody who had a had a projectile had, had such Giles. spacing advantages. Yeah. But her yeah. fireball didn't even go across the whole screen. Mm-hmm. And, and her was spacing smart, advantage was, was always the double jump because you could yeah. jump off the wall. Yeah, the double jump. And, and her fireball was markedly slower than the other ones, too. It's terrible, yeah. Which, which which I guess I give the movie credit. They decided to be accurate in that sense. But I mean, it's one of, it's one of those things where that's not what you want. Her, her big thematic thing, her abilities were the bird kick and the lightning kicks. So yeah. if it ends on lightning kicks, okay, but they went, oh, it's Street Fighter, so we have to do some kind of Hadouken, right? Worse, Except that doesn't fit for the fucking character at all. It basically steals the entire thing from the Mortal Kombat movie that came out 14 years before it, where uh, the, the boss gets hit with the fireball, falls a pretty distinct you know, amount of feet down, and of course... Uh, Shang Tsung gets impaled, and this movie's like, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna murder this dude." What Straight if I that dude's head all the way around. all the way around, <laughs> which is totally not from the game? What if his daughter is walking up, and she just snaps his neck so badly that then his dead eyes are staring into her soul? Oh yeah, let's do yeah. that. Your soul is yeah. mine. But but what I will say is that as a Chun Li main. Her signature move is not the spinning bird kick. That's not what you're using in the game. I get it. It's more visually interesting, and it's probably just kind of cooler in general. But honestly, Plus it's the it's, one thing she says in English. Right. Spinning yeah. bird kick. Kick. Yeah, it's the lightning kicks, though, man. That's what, if you played as her, that's what you remember. That's what you're trying to hit. You're trying to get your buddy trapped against the wall after using the double jump and spamming that lightning kick. Just to kick the crap out of them. Only suckers and, get defeated with that. Yeah, well, I and and to uh, Mr. Wizard's point, I don't think I ever beat him in a match of Street Fighter. So who who is your main early Street Mr. Fighter, Wizard. particularly uh, Championship Edition? I would say Sagat. I always thought Sagat had the, the coolest look. I love the scar, the eye patch. Now, as you play and you begin to realize character strengths and weaknesses, like clearly Ken and Ryu are the are the best characters in Street Fighter 2 upwards through. Uh, yep. But I like to play defensively, so Guile has been my guy for quite a number of years. So I've, I've stuck with Guile. Guile's tougher on. to play against than Ken or Ryu. I will say a good Guile is really a bitch to play against. Later on, I did switch over to Ken because I like the, the fiery uppercut and they yeah. changed the, the input her- command for the sh- Shiroken. Wait. It's the same. It's just Don't a combo. Him. So his dragon punch becomes like if you get him close enough, it's like a four hit combo and you get the flame effect. Whereas yeah. Ryu's an all or nothing. His was always more powerful, but you don't get the combo. So you can't even really combo yeah. into it like you could. Anyways, we're getting super technical and nerdy. And we're going to take a quick break. That's what we're here for, and folks. And when we come back, we have World Warriors trivia. Round one, fight. Fight, fight. 
Hello and welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is our Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li Pod. Along with me are Captain Cash. Hello. And Chumpzilla. Heyo. And we are now on to our World Warriors trivia. Round one, fight. So here's how it's going to go. I'm going to provide a description or a hint about a selectable fighter from the Street Fighter series. Uh, most of them have something to do with this movie. I did have some bonus questions just because I wanted to have more questions. Uh, cool. On certain questions, I will let you know. I will award a bonus point if you can tell me the game that the character premiered in. Their first appearance. Oh, geez. Now, number one, it's only going to be a one-point question because, as you said, Captain Cash, Detective Maya Suni is actually Crimson Viper. Uh, what game did Crimson Viper premiere What's in? my chime in? What's my chime in? Uh, let's is try. it Sambu I don't know if Chumzilla can say that. Uh, let's just go with Hadouken. Hadouken. Yes, that's Hadouken. Right. Okay, yes. Correct answer is Street Fighter Four. She is Street Fighter Four. Oh yeah. Uh, she was a. That was pretty, a good year at Tokyo Comic Con. She was a pretty popular character. Wait, Tokyo Game Show, two thousand and eight, I think. Nine. Eight. But isn't she one of like the generic like cop looking Capcom characters? No, she was cool. She, she had like red hair and like a cool haircut. She had decent moves with some electric effects. Yeah, she okay. had the red hair with the big braid, and she wore a suit and. She had a very low-cut shirt that she tucked her tie in between her cleavage. It was a, you know, it was Street Fighter. Number two. It's one nothing, Captain Cash. Now this will be multiple choice. Uh, I'll always not give you choices for the game if there is, there that, is that option. Number two. Again, Chun-Li's trainer in the film first appeared in the original Street Fighter. As, as a non-playable character, he was a person you fought. He would not appear again as a selectable fighter until which game? Is it Hadouken. A? Yep. Don't even need it. Street Fire Alpha. Incorrect. Is it B, Chumpzilla, Street Fighter Alpha 2, C, Street Fighter 3, or D, Street Fighter 4? Give me the options one more time. B, Street Fighter Alpha 2. C, Street Fighter 3, or D, Street Fighter 4? Obviously, someone was very confident in their answer. So, what do you think? So, B is 3 Alpha? No, Street Fighter Alpha 2 is B. C is Alpha 2, B. B. That is correct. Fuck. Yeah, it's the Alpha, yeah. Can I get a point if if I'm able to name what his styles were? No. Damn. I really like Street the. The Alpha series, I thought that was good. Oh, they were good, yeah. They introduced the air block, which I can give or take that. But number three, Rose, or in this film, the White Rose, is indeed a Street Fighter character. Not that you would know it from how she's portrayed in this movie. But she is not Bison's daughter, nor is she Russian slash Irish. Where is she actually from? Is it A, Fadukin? Yeah, Captain Cash. Italy. Correct. What game did she first appear in for bonus? Street Fighter Alpha. Incorrect. What? Bullshit. She's also Street Fighter Alpha 2. Really? Yeah. Man, it's been a long time since I played Street Fighter Alpha, I guess. Yeah, there's not a lot of characters in the original Alpha. 
Uh, fair enough. All right. Number four. Uh, Chumpsilla, you are down. One. Two one. one. Two to one. Two to one. Two to one. Uh, you know, you guys actually tied on one of the pods I was doing this quiz earlier, and I claimed that you lost, so technically I, I owe you an apology. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. I, I I have subsequently realized that as well. I think no it was the, the Congo pod. So That's cool. So guess what's coming to your house? The Dick Cigar. Oh, oh, oh. Sweet. Yeah. I'm uh, going to be Eskimo Brothers with Ernie Hudson. Yep. Number four. Bison, who's depicted as being Irish in this movie, is actually from is it A, Thailand, B, I Brazil, Captain Cash. Thailand. Incorrect. Really? Yes. I will repeat the choices for your yeah. benefit, Chumpzilla. A, you. Thailand, B, Brazil, C, Germany, or D, his origins are unknown. It's unknown. They are unknown. He had bases in Thailand and Brazil. Which is why you fight him in Thailand. In which game did he first appear, Chumpzilla? Street Fighter Two. Correct. Oh man, I'm down. Well, one. but 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 his original name. Let's let's do that pen Ooh, thing right now. We're gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just do that. It's a good time to do it. Yep. The three bosses in Street Fighter uh, originally had different names. All right. Who we know today as M Bison was actually Vega. Okay, but because of problems with uh, calling the boxer character M. Bison, which was clearly a ripoff of Mike Tyson, they had to adjust the names for the U.S. market, so they just rotated them. So it went from Vega as M. Bison to Vega as the the Spaniard. The Spaniard was Balrog, which was moved to the boxer, and then the boxer, who was M. Bison— that name was shifted to the former Vega, which became the M. Bison that we all know and love today. And somehow that dominated the globe and has become canon. And now it is M. Bison. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I that, actually that had sense? that on Confusing, here. But, but, yeah. anyway. I figured you guys would know that one. Just to clear it up, there were four masters. The, the fourth one was Sagat. Oh, correct. Right. And, and his he, name he did not get remains. Yeah, he, that didn't get moved. And when you do international play, those three characters, M. Bison, Vega, Balrog, alternatively are named Claw, Boxer, and uh, I believe it's Dictator. Yes. So when I had the uh, Japanese import of X-Men versus Street Fighter for Sega Saturn, their names were, in fact, how they began. Nice. So Which they, was confusing port, so to me because Vega. at the time I had no idea about that so it goes number five it is now three to two chumpzilla this this actor was asked to appear in or reprise their role so were they asked to simply appear in it or reprise their role for street fighter the legend of chun li they ultimately declined was it a jean-claude van damme as guile was it b ming na wen who played chun li in the first film sort of a Hey, here's Chun-Li. Was it C, Byron Mann as Ryu? Or was it D, Wes Studi as Sagat? I can repeat those if necessary. I know who I want it to be. Wes Studi? Me too. Yeah. I love that guy. He's like perfect for the role too. Like one of those perfect casting Well, aside things. from the fact he's five foot eight or something, but... 
Yeah, it's put on stilts, so we fine. It's not, it's not quite. Um, Hadouken! Chopzilla. I'm going to go with the original Chung Lee. Incorrect. Oh, damn it. So that leaves you, Captain Cash, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile, Byron Mann as Ryu, or Wes Studi as Sagat? Well, we've determined that it is clearly not Wes Studi because you wanted it to be that, and it's not. So it is, and like, oh, this is frustrating because I hadn't heard about JCVD no, being I, I attached had, to this. I think there's two clear answers here, and I flipped the coin on it, and I got it wrong. So I like I feel like it as much as I'd love for it to have been JCVD I, I'm going to say that it was Ryu incorrect it was JCVD they were going to bring JCVD back are you insane so, holy shit that so would have saved the uh, whole movie that was a huge mistake so from what I read he was invited to come back but there was also rumblings that at this point in time, they were going to do a sequel to his movie, which, of course, uh, never happened. And this movie happened. And, uh, yeah, he couldn't come back. He was working on something else. So, yeah. Still bummer. three to two. Number six. Which character who appears in this movie would utter this post-match refrain? Are you always so slow? Is it A, Chun Li? Is it B, Balrog? Is it C, Charlie Nash? Or is it D, M. Bison? Hadouken? Captain Cash. Rolling the bones, Charlie. Correct. Woo! Nice. And in which game did he first appear? This motherfucker gotta be Alpha. He is Street Fighter Alpha. Yep. Okay, there we go. Nice, Ooh. yeah. Of course, Charlie Nash, at the end of Street Fighter Alpha, is apparently killed by M. Bison. He returns in Street Fighter Five, which is my least favorite Street Fighter for is quite that, some Is time. that the one with the uh, the sidestepping quasi 3D one? No, that's Street Fighter EX Plus. Oh, okay. Everything else I has like been 2D. I like the EX games. Those yeah. were a lot of fun. So I have a couple more. It is 4 to 3, Captain Cash. And these have nothing to do with this oh, movie. Oh, four, 4 to 3? 4 yeah, to 3. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, so we bye can bye. just do four, them five, for four, fun. Two. These are actually from the other movie, which I prefer. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, let's do it. As we all do. Number seven, in the 1994 film, the studio clashed over the casting of Ryu. So this character was created to allow the actor Capcom preferred Kenya Sawada to have a role. Was it A, Blade? Was it B, Captain Sawada? Was it C, Char was it C Carlos Charlie Blanca? Or was it D, Arcane? Hadouken? Captain Cash. Captain Swada? That is correct. Yeah. That... Now, Captain Swada appears in a video game. If yeah, you can name Street it. Street Fighter 2 video game, the movie. Yeah, I on had it. On Sega CD, I think? It was an arcade game, and a, I had it for Saturn. Oh, it was ported to everything. Yeah, yeah. It was ported to everything. But it was an arcade game, and I had it for Sega Saturn. And it is... Not good. It's bad. Not good. It's bad. Not great. It's actually one of the the worst of the Mortal Kombat ripoffs. It really is. It is. It's not good. The arcade version but, was better than the console versions. But yeah, boy, that's fair too. It's bad. It's real bad. Uh, Blade and Arcane were actually like a couple of Bison shock troopers. 
So those are... I thought Blade was the guy from the Masters of the Universe movie. That's what I was thinking, too. He as soon as there. he said it, I was like, the guy with the eye patch and the hat? Technically, you're eliminated, Chepzilla, because it is now More to six lose, to three. But we'll Damn. do number eight anyways. I tried. In the 1994 film, I'm actually saying this from like his perspective. In the 1994 film, I reluctantly work for Bison, and I only support my traditional haircut at one inexplicable moment in the film. Is it A. Sagat, B. Dalzum, C. DJ, or D. Zangief? Uh, Dalzum. That is correct. Really? He has hair the entire movie until the laboratory burns down and then he's bald. His head shaved, yeah. So I can't believe I got that right. I can't believe I got that. Like it, it actually pains me that that's in my brain. Yeah, that makes exactly uh, what you meant right there. Like, you, oh yeah, Dalzon. Yeah, he gets his head shaved. You'll recognize Dalzon, the actor, because he is the uh, the the representative at Pankot Palace in Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, yeah. yeah. So that's where you're. Kali Ma. So it, it frustrates me to no end that they made Dalzim a bad guy because. Like he's supposed to be like Gandhi. He's, he's yeah, like, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's very clearly a good guy. But he wasn't bad on purpose. Remember, he changes Blanca's programming to make him good. Yeah, it's true. Well, he betrays so, him in the end. Yeah. So that is the end of our quiz. Captain Cash won six to five. I have good news. You are getting the Vega cosplay that Taboo sported. Oh, nice. nice movie. So nice. Yep. Like that that look again. As a costume person, you could wear the Vega cosplay to like a street fighter tournament and people would be like, You look terrible. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Who are you supposed to be? You'd be like, No, I'm from Legend of Chun Li with the claws and the, the the Jason X mask. You don't recognize me yeah. wearing this all black suit. Oh. And, and, and the fact that they overdubbed all of his lines. Like, why did you even hire that guy? He clearly can't act and or fight. But you know what he can do? He can get it started in here. He can get it started in ha. See, just when I was beginning to wonder where's the love for this incarnation of Vega, there it is, right there. Yeah. That's a right. Double there. black eyed B-I-P. peak reference. <laughs> so, I'm going to get Fergie some crystal meth. We're going <laughs> to. Oh, no, really? Is that a thing? But you, you, yeah. You, but you didn't know that? She had a huge problem. Listen, it's not. Has, like, the, uh, like... has my ability to readily and very quickly answer Street Fighter trivia tipped my hand as to how much I know about the black eyed peas and. Apparently or... so. Hey, you knew all about Will I Am being Wraith. Hey, look. Speaking Which is of, the thing uh, I wish I didn't know. Speaking of what? somebody who couldn't pull off the fight scenes. Oh God, he's so bad in that movie. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna take a quick movie. break. We're gonna come back. We got some recommendations and uh, preview. We're doing a bonus video game episode. We'll preview it before we go. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Hobson Box Office Flops. We are wrapping up our Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li episode with some recommendations. Uh, Captain Cash, what do you have for us this week? Oh, I recommend Avatar The Last Airbender. I mentioned it slightly earlier 
on the pod, but it, it's absolutely a kid's movie. And as a dad, I have watched all the seasons on Netflix with my son, uh, and he loves it. And in fact, it's really, 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 really good. I like. I, I know it's very popular, but there's a reason for it. And if you haven't watched it, even if you don't have kids, check it out. Okay. Chubzilla, what do you have for us? My recommendation is to watch a much better movie that is very much in the spirit of the Street Fighter games and a better experience cinematically altogether. So my recommendation is 1988's Bloodsport. Lionheart. Yeah, not quite. Uh, Bloodsport, it's best much of more of a Street Fighter movie than this thing. And you get a Chong Lee, not a Chun Lee, but a Chong Lee in Bloodsport uh, in the form of uh, Bolo Young. So it's that movie's way more fun, way more entertaining. And I'm sure you can stream that for free. It's on Amazon Prime right now, and I'm sure other services as well because it's it's been out forever. Also, Bolo Rocks. Yeah, I think Bloodsport yeah. is free right now. Of course, I mean, if you're really going to watch the movie that inspired all this stuff and Mortal Kombat for a good part of it, it's Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, clearly. Uh, which also has Bolo Young. Uh, but I, that's Damn not my right. recommendation. Bolo's the man. Uh, my recommendation for the week is 1994's not Van Damme Street Fighter, although, again, four ninety nine, You can't beat that deal. No. Uh, so I've What's bought... What's your back end with Amazon on that? Just a like, I've bought so that, many... I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying Captain Cash got to wet his beak. I've bought so Use many Use hashtag hops and box office flops for 25% off your first purchase, folks. Yeah, that won't work, so don't blame us when it doesn't. Uh, this whole quarantine has been uh, basically this and me buying movies for $4.99 that I don't <laughs> need to own. Yeah, that, uh, that feels about right. Anyways, yeah, yep, yep. That's where we're at. So my recommendation, 1994's animated Street Fighter movie. I mean, it's, certainly the animation is a little dated, but it's probably the best Street Fighter movie for your buck that you're going to find. I know they did a live-action series pretty recently. I haven't seen it. Um so I can't comment on it, uh, but I know people liked it. But the ninety four animated Street Fighter movies, a lot of fun. It's got some badass shit in it, and it's much closer to the games, much much closer to the games than any of the live action stuff. Here's what I'll say about because as someone who is a complete nerd, yeah, I mean ninety four's animated series is. 100% the most accurate version of Street Fighter you're going to get, but it is also the most 90s anime version you're going to get. So with all of that implied, with everything that that implies, it's the hyper-musculature, it's the kind of misogynistic portrayal of basically all of the women. Yes, um, like again, the games. It, yeah, I mean, it's not... It's not full on bad and it doesn't get into the the realm of exploitation but there's also a Vega and Chun-Li fight in that one too and Chun-Li does it in her underwear so that's that's what you're getting into yeah. she, she doesn't win I, uh, it is no, free. she does she does win that yeah, one she actually. does it is free on Amazon Prime right now so but, but does she so you can watch it 
no one wins that. And I think <laughs> when you watch it, and if you've played Street Fighter Four, you'll be like, "Oh, Seth reminds me a lot of these stupid robots that are in this movie." Because yeah, right. It's kind of that. Uh, so. Uh, in closing, remember you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and BL Flops, which I don't think we'd said at the beginning of the show, which is my fault. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, where can they find you? C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. And Chumpzilla? Hey, folks, you can catch me at, at Chumpzilla8. And hit us up, man. We need some uh, We need some reviews and some comments. Give us some feedback. Let us know what movies you want us to do next. And also, somebody please explain to me why Suburban Commando is the top pod download of all time. That makes no sense. I need some information there, people. I need answers. And, uh, yeah, give us it should be a comments. 2019. It should be yeah. cats. Listen it be to cats. the cats. Oh, I fucking but, love how insane that movie was. Yeah, interact with us, folks. We're lonely people. We're trapped here in quarantine just like you are. Reach out. Touch us. That's, Please. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can see our uh, top five episodes on the social now. I post them. Uh, Suburban Commando, overwhelming favorite. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Terminator, Dark Fate. You know, some of these we did in season one. I guess is what you consider. But you know, let us know what's your favorite pod. What do you want us to do? We got some exciting stuff coming up. We are going to extend Video Game Month. One more week, and we're going to do Warcraft, which Captain oh Cash God. will host, because I know nothing about Warcraft. So I apologize. I'm, I'm not very happy about so this. so many fucking hours into that game. Welcome to the world of Azeroth, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Leroy Jenkins! Yeah. That's literally all I know about. That's all wow. you gotta know. So listeners, as we close, I want you to remember the wise words of Agent Charlie Nash. If this movie pops up on your recommendations, you don't want a ticket to this dance, detective. (laughs) We'll see you next week.